in Seattle, Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsetDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 650 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are back live in the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, he's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. You know, we're your broadcasters, your friends, and also, well, we're your realtors, and thanks for choosing us in 2023. If you want to sit down with us, and don't forget, we sell the sound, what should someone do, Ron? Yeah, and when Don says we sell the sound, it doesn't matter if you're in Olympia or up in Everett or on the east side or here in Seattle, we do it all. You can go to ronandonsitdown.com or you can just email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com if you want one of our buyer's playbooks or seller's playbooks. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about some good inflation numbers and what that could mean for real estate here at the end of 2023. And as we head into 2024, let's also talk about this fact that macho man, and I don't mean just Randy Savage from the WWE, why are macho men... Uh, dying so young. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I want to talk a little football. And ladies, don't worry. Football's not going to be about football. I think you'll enjoy this conversation, too, because we know a lot of women listen to the Ron and Don Show. First and foremost, Ron over here, season ticket holders, Denver Broncos. Everybody was dumbing on Russ Wilson. I have to say, the other night... My son and I were sitting there, we were watching, was it Sunday night football? Oh, Monday night football, and they were driving. Russ Wilson started looking like the Russell Wilson of old, and I found myself cheering for Russell Wilson. I know you have certain feelings about him. What was it like, the final drive for your Denver Broncos, and number three, actually playing pretty well. How'd you deal with that? I, I, I'm not going to pull for Russell Wilson until he acknowledges, do not let Russ cook. <laughs> because... What when they they've won three games in a row, I think now without Russ cooking. And so if you remember, what do I mean by that? When he was here in Seattle, he drove a, 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 a wedge the size of of a SUV in between himself and, and, and the coaches and the GM and the play callers. Because he's like, you guys are holding me back. Yeah, I'm Russell Wilson. Like, uh, let me cook. And what he meant by that is I want to freestyle. I want to throw the ball. This offense is stifling. I'm better than this offense. You guys are you got the reins on me. You're not letting me express myself. And if I had free reign, I would be way better than I am when people... Carroll's got his thumb on me and John Schneider's got his thumb on me. Let me cook. So he, he tried to get those guys fired. Uh, they, and the ownership of the CLCX was like, yeah, not so fast, Sparky. Like, we're, we're not going to fire our coach and GM over you. So then he demands a trade. He gets traded to Denver, gets an incredibly lucrative deal there uh, because they had to give up draft picks, everything else. And so did we because all the draft picks we got. Right. right? And, yeah. and so then uh, uh, Hackett, who was the first coach, let Russ cook. Buddy Hackett? I thought he was a Buddy Hackett. And so what happened? He's a comedian. Yeah. They absolutely tanked. And if you remember... 
the the Broncos going into the season where they acquired Russell Wilson, all of the headlines were all we need is a quarterback. We are one quarterback away from championship caliber football because our defense is so good. He drove that team into the ground by cooking. Then he got that coach fired. In comes Sean Payton from the your, your New Orleans Saints, and he immediately was like, "Yeah, you're not cooking." Like we don't, we don't want you to cook. We're putting you on the back burner. And pal. so, if, yeah. if if Russell Wilson kind of acknowledges that and drops the Bronco Country Let's Ride manufactured slogan BS, then I'll root for him. I'm happy for the people of Denver. I like the city of Denver. I grew up a Bronco fan, going all the way back to the Orange Crush and Craig Morton. Yeah. And so that that city is a great sports town. They support all their teams. The Denver Nuggets won the championship last year. They're rabid uh, Rockies fans, and and they've always supported the Broncos. And so as a sports town, I absolutely love that town. Uh, this configuration, not so much. You know what's interesting? I put something on my Facebook channel about this and also where the 12s hang. And it seems like women have already forgiven him. They appreciate the Super Bowl going to two. They're not mad about Marshawn. And they appreciate what he did at Children's there, what he's doing at Children's Hospital here, what he, what he continues to do. And it seems like they've forgiven him, but the, but, but the, the male fans have not. So let's move on. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, it looks like they're going to the national championship in the next couple games, though, without him. He's not allowed to coach Michigan from the sidelines because they say, well, they've been stealing signs. I think everyone is stealing signs. In college football, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I love that he came out today, though, and he kind of looked around and he go, he, he, he said this, and I think he did it with a wink and a nod, and I loved it. He said, why isn't Michigan America's team? Michigan should be America's team. Go Shouldn't be, uh, Michigan be America's team? No, I think we can definitively say now, uh, and I know you're a little bit tongue-in-cheek on what you said earlier, Jim Harbaugh's a cheater, and he doesn't mind cheating. And so if I'm a parent, so let's think about this for a second. I'm a parent of a blue-chip player. Let's just compare and contrast two coaches that we talk a lot about here on the Ron Don Show. Deion Sanders Prime and Jim Harbaugh of Michigan. Um who would you want to send your son to, especially if, you're, if your son is African-American? A guy that has been caught cheating, I think this is his third or fourth different violation with the NCAA, which means if you've caught him four times, there's probably 40 violations. And you think he's the only one doing it? I don't think he's the only one doing it, but, but he's sloppy enough where he keeps getting caught. And the, he's the type of guy that seems to say to himself and to those around him in the coaching staff, the rules don't apply to me. Well, wasn't Pete Carroll, that, wasn't, wasn't Pete Carroll that way at USC? The, the world, rules didn't apply to him? Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying for college football right now, um, I, he seems to be a cheater. They all cheat. Sabian cheats. Pete cheated, if, if you want to call that cheating. These, these, that, that line is not a straight line, and, and they all push it. So when you had Pete Carroll uh, handing out his phone number to kids because he wanted to make sure they stood out of gangs, no, he didn't. He wanted them to be USC football players. So, so if you go back and you watch a 30 for 30 like, like Gunnar and I did the other night, my son, it's pretty amazing what he did at USC. And when he got caught, what do you do? You go, wow, I just got this job. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a Seattle Seahawk now. Uh, fight I on. wouldn't surprise And Jim Harbaugh's going to do the same thing. Close. He'll land in Chicago and he'll 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 say go blue. He and, should. And after he wins the national championship, I, I think that he he should go back to pros. Yeah. I think he's he's long in the tooth on. All right, let's so bring it home. Washington Huskies, ten and zero. They have two more games. They have been ten and zero since 1991 when they shared a national championship. How about that? How will they do here down the stretch? And they're number five still in the country, even if they win these two games. If the teams in front of them remain perfect, it doesn't seem like they have a shot to the national championship. Plus, they're going to have to go through Oregon State to get there, or they're going to have to go through Oregon again, or they're going to have to go through Utah. I don't see them beating Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah. Uh, I I think that's going to be very difficult for them to remain undefeated. Your thoughts? I think there's a couple things that have conspired against the Huskies this year. It's an incredible run, uh, uh, what they've been, what the football they've been putting up this year. One, the demise of the Pac-10 is already done. So it's not here anymore. And so the committee, there's a committee of people that vote on these rankings to get you into the top four. We're also, I believe, in the last year of this four-team playoff system. It's going to expand next year. And so I think the fact that we're the last team before Canada, pretty much, uh, of a Power Five conference is... The, the the committee is biased. You're correct. And the, this the committee is, is looking at these SEC teams and these Midwest teams and these teams that they feel like have more pedigree. Because they don't see them on TV. Yeah, they, and, they, they and they're, they're ranking that the, the Huskies should be ranked fourth. The right best now. thing the Huskies should do is is, is join a new conference because now you're going to see them on the East Coast playing Penn State. You're going to see them right. playing Ohio State. They, they should be see, fourth. Yeah, people are going to see them around the country. And the thing is, the Huskies don't have a great defense. They just don't. So it's going to come down to Penix Jr. in this offense that that's pretty fantastic. Finally, Deion Sanders, some of the jewelry of some of his players um, was taken at the Rose Bowl. Now they have found out it is UCLA football recruits that took the jewelry. He has come out and said, hey, I'm just going to ask the local authorities there. If we get the jewelry back, that would be great. Please be lenient on these young men. They must atone for what they did but they shouldn't lose an opportunity to change their lives. Your thoughts about what Dion said? I thought what he said was great. He's like, hey, when I was 17, I did some dumb dumb stuff too. I I think in this culture uh, right now, what I mean by this culture, I'm saying the, the, the social media culture. If you're a high school player, you see the NIL money and you see players like Shadur Sanders flashing a $75,000 watch or getting into a $100,000 car, or you see, I'm trying to Travis, his receiver slash DB, buying a, a $300,000 house, uh, or it might have been more than that, a, a pretty big house in Colorado, uh, and you can get a lot more house down there for the money. Um, so uh, you see that, and now you somehow squirm your way into the visitor's locker room, and you see some of this stuff laying around, and you're like, you know what? That's going to be me. I'm going to I'm gonna pocket this. How are they going to find out? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think you want to – I like what Dion did. He's like, punish them, but don't ruin their lives. It's pretty amazing. You're there being recruited by UCLA, and you've stole from the opposing team, and the opposing coach says, please be lenient, but they must atone. They should atone but it shouldn't screw up their future. And we've seen that so much. I, I have a friend that's African-American. He recruits for uh, the state patrol. 
he played football all through high school and college, and he said that's what kept him out of gangs. And because of that, his record was clean, and he was able to become a state patrol officer. He tries to recruit all his friends now, state patrol, and just for some little stupid thing they did in high school, they can't get in. Uh, some little stupid thing, and they say those things aren't on your record when you're a minor. They are. I mean, they, I remember, they, they, they see those when you're trying to be a cop. Is a, there is a bias to this. I, I remember, like, one thing, there was many things I did when I was a teenager, uh, but one of them is a buddy of mine stole a golf cart one time. Uh, I put stole in air quote. We joy rode in a golf cart uh, that was not our golf cart. And could I have been arrested for that? Sure. But because of whatever circumstances there are, I was able to weasel my way out of that. And so there are things that I think we all did as teen. I wasn't a, you know, a high school senior. I was maybe a sophomore or something, but still there's plenty of things that I think everybody has done in their lives that could have landed you in jail. Yeah. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, guess what I'm doing? Uh, as soon as I get done with this podcast today, I'm going to Les Schwab because I had the fall tire sale. Do you know, I went to the fall tire sale back in 2015 when I bought my 4Runner. I've had these tires on the truck ever since, uh, and they're the open road country tires. And this is what's really cool. I've been driving since 2015. The truck has 72,000 miles on it. 72,000 miles on a set of tires. And now it's time to go get some new tires. And Ron, at the full tire sale, they got a heck of a deal going on, right? They do. You can save up to $250 when you buy a set of four select tires. So schedule an appointment right now at LesSchwab.com, or you can stop by any location here in the Puget Sound area. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1950. Hey, you guys, Ron and Don here for Ron and Don Real Estate. We have some clients that are part of the Ron and Don Nation. They listened to the podcast. They called us a couple months ago and they said, you know, we want to sell sometime first part of the year in 2024. Is it too early to be talking? And Ron, we said, absolutely not. In fact, they are looking for a home in Bend, Oregon right now. They're going to be moving from the Edmonds community. And the cool thing is, this has given them enough time to for us to come over. We all went over and we said, hey, here's some things. Here's some work that you could do on your house. Because they're, they're like, we're retired. We love to do some work, but point us in the right direction. Here's some work that you can do on your house. You're going to save lots of money. More money is going to show up in the sale. Here's some other things that when you guys are out of the house, I'll bring in a contractor and we'll correct and we'll fix. And then here's some other things you you shouldn't you shouldn't remedy. You shouldn't you should pass this on. And a lot of it had to do with tile colors and remodeling and all that. I said, you know what? Let's pass that on to the next buyer. And in the meantime, this has given them a lot of time to do their own work prepare their own house, bring it to market. And Ron, they're going to save and make a lot of money because they reached out to us early, right? It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. We can't emphasize that enough. We would love to meet with you, see if we'd make a good team. And you go to ronanddonsitdown.com, set up that Zoom meeting. Uh, I'll reach out to you as soon as I get it. We'll get it on the books and then we'll start your real estate process. It begins at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. This is kind of stunning. Uh, if you look at the overall life expect expectancy uh, for men in the United States, 
those numbers have just plummeted after going up for decades. And I mean, you think of some of the headwinds that my parents face and our grandparents face. My grandfather made it to 83, and that's with being an everyday smoker his whole life. He smoked a pipe, but he said he didn't inhale. But when he partied, he still smoked cigarettes as he got older. He drank every single day, not to ac- excess, but he had highballs every single day, a little whiskey and water. Uh, I didn't often see him drunk or lit up. I saw him happy a lot as I, as I reflect. My grandmother made it into her 90s. I think she passed away when she was 94. Uh, some of those headwinds, though, you know, she cooked with bacon grease. Uh you, you would think eating coho out of Lake Michigan, especially when you catch those by the warm water discharge of the nuclear power plant, that that would kill you, seemed, seemed to help. Uh, so the, those three-eyed fish and then lots of meat. Uh, we would go every year and we would have a, a pig and a steer butchered from the Illinois State Fair. And they would eat the tongue and the liver and the organs and all that. Nothing. It's, it's, it's really incredible how they, how they ate. And, and, and then again, in the morning, everything is bacon grease, white bread, all the things. They say now eat white bread and you can count the days to your dead. All those things didn't seem to bother them. And again, my grandmother probably smoked well into her fifties and, and then she would quit later on. And my grandfather was still kind of an everyday smoker. But again, his, his excuse was, uh, he didn't, he didn't inhale. So you think about that granddad's into his eighties, grandma into her nineties, my mom into her eighties. She's still alive. I think my father, I'm not sure. Uh, I think he died of Parkinson's around 76, I believe. And then the other side of my family, I'm, I, I'm not sure, but, but this is incredible, men. I mean, when you look around America today, your life expectancy is only 73 years old. Here's a couple of reasons. COVID, that a lot of people didn't believe in, especially men, and would not get vaccinated, especially older men. Some of them died before there was a vaccine, and then a lot of those men wouldn't take the vaccine, and they're dead. They are dead. There are still people around America that don't believe we needed the vaccine. There are still people believe that... uh, People really didn't die of COVID. It's incredible to me when you see life expectancy plummet. The other thing is this, fentanyl, especially for young men. If you go each and every year, King County, Pierce County, they have a funeral for all the homeless people that die. And when you go and you look and you see most of the homeless people that die are young men. And a lot of that has to do with a fentanyl crisis. You look on our streets, look in the tents, the derelict RVs. We would love if they would clean up after themselves. Most of these RVs don't run. Most of them can't even function because of all the fentanyl that's being sent from China. It's being packed in Mexico. The drug cartels now uh, down there saying, yeah, uh, we think fentanyl is bad too. Whatever. They continue to pack it up. (coughs) And the drug cartels, you sell a lot of marijuana through the prison systems and in all our cities, over 328 cities, the Mexican mafia runs. And they're like, we can't make money since they legalized marijuana now in 22 states and everybody else kind of looks away. So what we're going to have to do is sell some pretty potent drugs on the streets of places like Seattle. So anyway, and, and, and then guess who's dying? 
People that have a ski accident, people in your neighborhood, you probably know kids that were trying to stay up late and they took a drug that looked like a prescription that a friend gave at school and it was loaded with fentanyl and they usually don't take those drugs. So their, their body has no body memory of that, right? There are people on the streets that can take fentanyl every day and because their, their, their body is used to it, it takes a long time to kill them. But you take a kid in high school, a kid in junior high, and a, and a friend hands them something that looks like a Xanax, and the next thing you know what happens, they're dead. So, so lots of young men in this country dying as a result of that. And then here's the other thing, suicide. Macho men that will not talk about therapy, that will not talk about pain, that will not talk about hurt, a lot of times they connect to addiction. A lot of times they connect to drinking. And a lot of times they connect to not speaking. And as they get older, the social structures in their life break down. The connections to other men disappear for the most part. Why women continue to thrive, even on the other side of the divorce. And the depression and anxiety that men experience that they don't feel like they can talk about, especially with other men. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad that I have men in my life like Ron that I could have these conversations with. And I could, I could name 10 other men in my life that I'm close to that I can pick up a phone and have these conversations with because I'm no better. I feel all these same things that people feel, but the difference is I have an outlet. I have a place to go. Uh, I can communicate. I can share. I have people checking in on me. Uh, my son and I check in on each other, right? We, we, every week we, we, we have a moment and, and we will sit down together and we'll ask each other, how is your mental health? What are you going through? What are you feeling? And uh, it is so important. So Ron, Ron, I thought this was startling. Women still live into almost 80 years of age. I thought it was startling uh, for this to plummet like this. I, I, I was amazed by this statistic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is a big drop. And, and I think COVID had a lot to do with it. But you're right. The, the cornerstone of that COVID was sort of this stubborn resistance to truth and facts, which I think goes into that mental fitness component. I, I, I'm just grateful now that I have, and it just dawned on me, I did it, I did it second nature even today, putting more tools in your toolbox as you get older. And, and we grew up in a generation that, that believed, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like you sort of, your personality solidifies uh, by the time you're in your late twenties, early thirties. And that's it. You're just going to, you can't change. You're just going to grow old and whatever you are is what you are. And I'm glad you and I don't believe that because both of us have changed tremendously uh, as time goes on and we're still curious about things and still learn things. We, we've had a bit of a week or I've had a bit of a week and we were about to record and I did a, like a 60 to 90 second little meditation before we started today. I closed my eyes. I did some breathing exercises. Like and if, if my 20 year old self, if I would have told that to him, he'd have been like, dude, what is your problem? <laughs> Like what, what in the actual F are you doing? Yeah. And so I, I sat here, I closed my eyes, I cleared my mind and I, I never had that tool in my toolbox. Yep. And so if, if there's anything you hear Don talking or me talking and you're like, I don't even know where to start, get one tool. And so and we, we've talked about these before. You can do the four square breathing. Look that up online, which is just you breathe in, you count to four, breathe out, count to four, breathe in, count to four, breathe out, count to four. And if you do that four times, that will lower your heart rate. Uh, so you can do the, 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 the square, the four square breathing technique. You can get a, a, an app on your phone for free that gives you a 60 second guided meditation or even a, a five minute guided meditation. Then you can have the birds on the background or, or water sounds or whatever, then just get a tool in your toolbox so that when you feel 
uh, stuff coming on. Again, my twenty-year-old self would have would not have in would not have been able to recognize this suite of feelings that I had today. Would have just been like, "Keep grinding, pedal to the metal, tough it out, rub some dirt on it." <clears throat> All of those phases, and now I can go, "Oh, I, I've I've been extraordinarily stressed this week. I need to if I'm going to perform for this podcast and for everyone that is listening right now, I need to take a minute and just get in a different mental space." And so, learn one tool. I learned one tool. How do I change my state? How do I change without alcohol, without drugs? How can I change my state? And I think that for me, that's the, the reason that I enjoy a drink now and then. And, uh, you know, I, I may have a couple, two or three drinks a week. Uh, it's not every day by any means. It's because it immediately changes my state. And so I'm, I think it we, works. We, we crave that as so human beings. Yeah. And so what are the other ways I can change my state? And so that breathing exercise can change your state. Exercise can change your state. Uh, travel can change your state. Some people like to go on a long drive and crank up their favorite song. That can change your state. You put your hand out the window and act like a little wing. Uh, you walk your dog. Whatever it is for you that is a healthy way to change your state, put that in your toolbox. And for men, and then the second thing is talk to somebody. I had a conversation with one of uh, a friend of mine last night. Uh, who's on the other side of a divorce, but is still very fresh. And so just to have someone to talk to and say, is this normal? I'm finding myself thinking about this. Is this normal? And uh, just to verbalize it uh, is a really, a really great thing to have. Yeah. And I'll add a couple things to that. Um, When I wake up in the morning, I'm already ready to go because I don't leave dishes out from last night. My son's lunch is already made. I already know what I'm making him for breakfast. I wake up before the dawn. I spend some time with myself. I light a candle. You you hear all this shit, you guys, about gratitude. And the reason you hear so much stuff about it is because people are making a lot of money off of talking about it. But there is something about gratitude that will change your attitude if you do it. If you do it. And so in the morning for me, when I get up and I'm making my son's breakfast because I like to make him breakfast, sometimes I'm fasting, but I'm still making him breakfast. I just go through the things that I'm thankful for. And, 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 and sometimes they're the painful things. When we eat at night, we say a prayer and the prayer is only things that we're thankful for. We just, we, we're, we're thankful. And then before he sleeps, uh, we do the same thing. We will hold hands. And we just say one thing that we're both thankful for that happened today. It doesn't have to be grandiose either. I think a lot of times people feel like it has to be existential. It can be, man, I'm really grateful that uh, that cashier was friendly to me. Or I'm really grateful that this is a good cup of coffee because it's got my, my energy going. And then the other thing is have something to look forward to. So, so even if it's a vacation on Friday to the park, just something different in your life. That's coming up. That's a play. That's a restaurant you always want to try. We're here on the east side and or, or we're here in Seattle. Sometimes my son and I will plan something just for us that we're going to go to the east side. We have, a, we have a thing that we do every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night, there's a thing that we do and a food truck we eat from. And, 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 and so we look forward to it. And it's just kind of a normal thing of eating at a food truck, but we kind of make a big deal out of it, right? And then I think, I think lastly... Learn something new. I signed up for a class last night, and it's a class that's going to make me drive somewhere and be around other people, and I'm really looking forward to take it. It has nothing to do with real estate. 
uh, but I signed up for this class. And then also in watching my son discover music now and begin to play the guitar, when I, when I hear him go up in his room and I, and I hear music at night, and he, he was over at Ron's the other day, and the first thing you want to do is pick up your guitar. When he left this morning, because he's going to stay somewhere else tonight, the first thing he did is he packed that guitar. It's downstairs. When he gets out of school, he's coming to get that guitar. That guitar means a lot to him, right? Because he's learning something new. And I've watched as he's learning something new and surrounding himself with music. And it's opened the door. Like you, you would share this podcast about uh, uh, Paul McCartney and where the songs come from. This morning we were listening to that and it got him really excited because now he feels like he's a musician like Paul McCartney is. So, and, and, and if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you can be a musician too. Who's, who says that you can't learn guitar right now? It's, you, you think of all the resources out there to learn something new. It's all online. It's all on YouTube. And there's so many classes out there. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter all these other things that we usually have to document. They don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy. All right, so you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show for Get Out of Here Today. Let's talk a a little bit about inflation. Some inflation numbers came out. They're actually very good. It looks like as we head into December and we're recording this uh, before Thanksgiving, you'll hear this. Uh, I guess you'll hear, will you hear this Thanksgiving? Will this be Thanksgiving week? I believe so. Yeah, you'll hear this Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving week to everyone. I think it's Monday. Yeah, this is the Monday show. So, so anyway, hey, inflation numbers are pretty good. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that um, the economy is trying to digest all this stuff. And so... I just, I would want to say to people, and I'm not an economist, but if there is anything that I've, I've learned in observing this stuff, uh, really closely for the past, you know, five years or so is, is things move quickly as they move slowly, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is the, the Fed is trying to do what? They're trying to keep inflation low. Because for an economy the size of the United States, that's the that's the grease in the engine, right? Like when we're driving our car, uh, if you've ever let your your uh, oil get too low, what happens? The whole engine seizes up. Like if you're not if you don't have oil in your engine, like it's it's a five dollar part, but like it is one of the most, if not the most important thing. And, and so the whole system will not work uh, unless you have. 
uh, some lubrication in the engine. And that lubrication for the United States economy is inflation. And so if inflation gets too high, like I, I don't need to go into that, take an econ class if you want to do that. So they have been trying to bring this down and they, and they recognize like if, if we had Jerome Powell in here to talk on the on the podcast, the, the chairman of the Fed, he knows that it impacts real estate. He knows that it impacts your grocery bill. He knows that it impacts your car payment. Or, you know, when you go out to a restaurant and you're like, wow, I just paid $22 for lunch. So he he knows all that. But the 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 opposite of that, um, if you just like take the reins off. It would go. It would skyrocket. Like lunch would now be forty dollars, and so they're trying to use the tools they have, which is interest rate, but to to keep inflation down. They are tied together in the markets. Everything is sort of interwoven, and so to see this tick down and it goes down in very small increments, uh, like a fraction of a percent. And so we were trying to bring it down as close to two percent as you can. They're they're not going to like you know, doggedly say it has to be exactly 2%. But that's their goal is to get it between two and three. And so we're, we're closer now than we've been in, in quite a while. Uh, and if you remember back, they always show those graphs back in the 80s. Inflation got up into double digits. And that's when we had lines that were, you know, half a mile long to buy gasoline. Yeah, that's I, why I, Jimmy Carter didn't get a second term. I have to say what's interesting on the real estate side as some of the listings that we have, we still see a lot of buyers out that aren't buying. They are kicking tires. They are watching the interest rates. They've seen them go up. Now they've seen them tick down. And I think for some of them, when they see a new normal, I think we're going to see those buyers jump and pounce. And when they jump and pounce, it's going to drive the value of housing up again because there still aren't a lot of houses out there for sale. Again, going back to the former administration, COVID, they wanted to keep the economy going. I get it. And uh, interest rates were at 2.8%. Those are most of the mortgages in America today. And so instead of selling those homes, people are hanging on. And now with the ability to turn it into a short-term rental, a 30-day rental long-term rental, people are figuring out ways to hang on to these mortgages. And people say, well, how about an assumable mortgage? Most of these mortgages are not assumable. So that issue is not going to go away. And what's very interesting is this is not going to make housing more affordable. So I would tell people as we head into the holidays, if a house is for sale in the holidays here in the Seattle area, it's because it needs to be for sale. Someone has decided they don't like the carrying cost of carrying that into the new year. Because what most realtors will do, and I see them doing it right now, is they pull these homes off the market. And then they're going to bring that house back in the very early spring, end of January, first part of February. They're going to put that house on. And they're going to try to get it on before all the other springboards in the spring. Do you know what else happens? We're talking about this on another podcast during the holidays. That's when 33% of all the divorces happen. Men and women, they go through a divorce, they break up. And guess what? Guess what she's looking for and he's looking for? They are looking for separate housing in the spring. That's why the spring brings a lot of buyers. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see interest rates trend down a little bit. It's going to drive pricing up. So listen to me. If you, if you are thinking about buying a home and it's not so you'll reach out to Ron and use us. If you need us, let us know. But if you're thinking about buying a home, pay attention to what's for sale during the holidays. Because when we get on the other side of Thanksgiving, that's when these realtors will pull these homes off if people can carry the, the, the carrying cost. 
and they'll sit on them and they'll reintroduce them in spring as brand new listings. That's your opportunity as a buyer. You may pay a little more because of the interest rate, but you can refinance that interest rate next year. And in fact, whoever you do your loan with, let's say you do it with Mitch Lot Loans. If you need them, just reach out. Mitch Lot Loans, that's our guy. Uh, if you use him and say, hey, Mitch, if, if you guys help me, in 2023, let's say that the interest rates are better in 2024, the beginning of 2025, will you help me refinance? And and some of these companies out here, and I can't speak for him, but just ask him, would you do it for free or would you give me a deal on the refi? And a lot of those, uh, a lot of those mortgage companies will do that. So reach out to him, Mitch.loans at home seat. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don show. Don't forget we sell the sound. So this year we have sold homes and brought homes to market in Tacoma and on the east side over in Newcastle and down in Port Orchard and up in Everett here on Queen Anne and over in Magnolia. Uh, we are actually helping people right now in Leavenworth. We're helping people in Electric City. We're helping people in Walla Walla. So if you're in the state of Washington, you need our help. We sell the sound and really... Uh, Ron and I are putting a lot of miles on our cars lately to come and help you guys. Okay. So we're not just your neighborhood realtor and we use our social media, our social media reach through this podcast. And also through all the social media we have, which is bigger really than any other realtor, I think in the state, uh, to let people know about your property. So if you need us reach out, we do something called a run it on sit down. We'll sit down virtually. And then we come out to your property. We did that the other day in Magnolia. We sat down with a lovely couple virtually, and then we went out to see them and we toured the property. At the end of that, we got to sit at the kitchen table and have a conversation about the things that we would do to bring this house to market, to get maximum dollar, the changes we would make, the things we would leave, the things we'd remedy. Uh, And it was really a lovely conversation. So thanks for choosing us this year as your friends, your broadcasters, and also as your realtors. Happy Thanksgiving week to everyone. And I heard someone say the other day, and I completely disagree with this. They say someone has taken the thanks out of Thanksgiving. Not in my life. Not the people that I'm really, really think about the people that you sit down at the Thanksgiving day table with. Boy, I, 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 I guess I'm a lucky man because all the people in my life are so thankful uh, for the lives that we have and uh, even for the lives that we've lost this year, for people that we love and that we care about. So, so anyway, I am full of thanks and gratitude for you. And uh, we'll talk more about that on our Thanksgiving uh, shows this week. Head up, shoulders back when you need us. Ron and Don, sitdown.com. You know we sell the sound. Until next time, you will listen to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. (laughs) 